0: Corpus Christi Solidarity Network is an organization made up of coastal Bend activists committed to anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-fascist, anti-war, anti-transphobic, anti-homophobic, anti-ableist, pro-union, pro-environment, pro-worker, and pro-people organizing, activism, and frankly agitation. Workers struggle and parents are often too busy to engage in, or plug into, every struggle. Our goal is to centralize organizing efforts so people of all walks of life are able to participate in class struggle in whatever way they can. Rallying behind the classic slogans from each according to their ability, to each according to their need, and an injury to one is an injury to all, we do our best to make sure our work is accessible to, inclusive of, and beneficial to all. Part of that project is our zine, Gulf Wars, our CC Soul Media channel on YouTube, and this podcast that you're listening to right now. We are not here to give a voice to the voiceless. We're here to amplify the voices that are underrepresented or completely shut out by a system not built for us. We are not voiceless and neither are you. Activism is not an exercise in dialogue and ideas. It is a genuine struggle for political power and we believe that power belongs to the people. following interviews and discussion were completed at the end of 2017. One piece was recorded outside of a cafe, so forgive us for the highway sounds and those conversations that were picked up on the mic around us. The events that we mentioned planning are set for later in February of 2018 and moving forward throughout the year, the information for which is included in the text description of this podcast. We encourage you to check out the resources discussed here, as well as engage the events and meetings held around the Coastal Bend by our vibrant and strong LGBTQ community.
1: All right, hi, my name is Autumn. Um, I'm a member of the LGBTQ fraction of the Corpus Christi Solidarity Network. Um, and today I'm gonna talk a little bit about kind of how we start, got started as a fraction and just a little bit about the work that we've done and are hoping to do in the future. Um, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about why we formed the LGBTQ fraction Um, A lot of us, you know, really felt strongly, um, you know, just a lot of feelings of anger stemming from the brutal trans lives that have been taken, you know, both locally and across, you know, America, across the world. Um, And that was really kind of what, you know, made our first action, um, the trans rally, uh, you know, kind of kick into high gear was that, you know locally we were really feeling the pain of that and you know having someone from the community taken from us um and so you know that was a lot of what really streamlined the fraction to form um you know in, in addition to that we're also really dedicated to education as well um just kind of against like the us versus them mentality kind of the same rhetoric you know as always um and just kind of you know letting people know that we've always existed you know we're just kind of finally being heard and you know it doesn't have to be this us versus them you know um and we also are really dedicated to like educating you know in the correct way one of the first lead-offs that you know one of the leadoffs that we did was uh on Stonewall and you know Marsha P. Johnson and Silvio Rivera and just kind of Making sure that at the front of the discussion is that these were trans people of color that were leading the front way, like in these battles. Um, So yeah, we aim to provide that education, really uplift those voices, and to just kind of protect our trans, you know, sisters. Um, The you know, our feminism in the LGBTQ fraction is absolutely intersectional. Um, Our outreach is definitely aimed. Toward like low-income folks, like those you know in poverty, homeless. Um, you know, upcoming demonstrations we have of this are an upcoming self-defense class um, that's going to be free for trans folks um, and have a solidarity fee for any allies that want to attend. Um, a queer semantics seminar, you know, just to kind of discuss how language is super gendered. Um, and we don't really, you know, realize how we uplift the patriarchy and the two gender system, just, you know, really with our words. Um, we recently had a really intimate vigil at the local Unitarian Church um, with songs, lighting of candles uh, for, you know, each of the victims of brutality and bigotry this year um and we stood in solidarity outside of the church with everyone who's in attendance um so yeah you know we really hope to honor um stephanie montez you know in the work that we do um in the community that we serve um as well as our other trans brothers and sisters and siblings that have just been taken from us this year um so, you know, that's something that we focus on, too, is just that remembering the power of language is super important, um, and, you know, just making that accessible is super important, too, not coming off as elitist or classist, but making sure that, you know, we own up to, to our mistakes and that, you know, really just owning up to your mistakes with an apology, a correction is key, and also being an empathetic and active ally. Um, so, yeah. Um, That's a little bit about what we do, really, we just serve, you know, we hope to serve um, the community and provide, you know, sense of equality and inclusiveness. Um, Really, we hope to provide more education, uh, more access to resources like education, safety, um, and really above all, just, you know, be a community, uh, bring back that sense of community and sense of belonging.
2: Um, I'm Sam, I'm part of the Corpus Christi Solidarity Network, and I'm going to be focusing on talking a little bit about trans self-defense. This is related to some of the work that we're doing. We are hosting a free trans self-defense course, Uh, you can check our Facebook to see when those dates are going to be. It's going to be free for queer people and victims of sexual assault. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about some statistics about uh, violence against trans people, not just in the United States, but across the world. Here in the United States, 1 in 14 trans women will be murdered in their lifetimes, which is an enormous amount uh, in comparison to the average cis person. The difference is in the thousands. That's all I can really say. (laughs) Yeah, 27 people this year in the United States have been murdered. due to transgender violence. And it's also really difficult to get accurate statistics on the matter because not every place in the United States has hate crime laws in place that um, are able to uh, ensure that law enforcement accurately reports murders against um, trans and gender non-conforming people. Um, And just talking about it on sort of a larger uh, scale Uh, 64% of international trans murders are sex workers, which is um, understandable but still very tragic. Um, 30% of trans people live in poverty according to the Human Rights Watch. And three fourths of all trans murders take place in South and Central America. And the uh, murder rate there is one in three trans women will be murdered, which is enormous. And we don't even know if that's an accurate statistic Um, There's probably not very um, accurate reporting on hate crimes there either. In general, law enforcement doesn't seem to be very um, uh, good about reporting these types of things. But it is likely that it could be more than one in three, which is the most terrifying thing in the whole world. Um, And so this is a crisis, um, not just on our own domestic soil, but an international crisis that we're facing. And it needs, we need to be able to address this for what it is. And instead of continuing to put this on the back burner of activist issues, we should make this a primary goal. Because this is a very, very pressing issue, and people are dying pretty much every day uh, because of the hatred that we have instilled within our society. Uh, I just think queer solidarity would probably be um, a really good route to take. If you want to implement some change just in your own life, um, Do everything you can to reach out to queer people in your lives. Do everything you can to find queer people, bring them into your circles, you know, be like, hey, I'm somewhere, I'm here, I'm someone that cares, I'm here to protect you, I'm here to provide a safe space for you. Um, Always prioritize the safety of your queer friends before you prioritize the safety of anybody else because the violence instigated against queer people is at a different rate than it is for straight people and cis people. Um, and if you are interested in learning about more about trans self-defense, I would encourage you to uh, visit many different activist communities across the United States. They, uh, there's several different free trans self-defense courses in Brooklyn that I know of and I'm sure that many other places have had um, have hosted similar events like that and I would encourage anybody who is interested to just, try to figure it out, try to put something together like that. And uh, what you are doing could possibly save a life. And also, if it doesn't save a life, you know, if nobody. hopefully nobody that you know who is queer will have to be in a situation where they have to fight for their lives. It just gives people the sense of security that if they're ever put in that situation, they know what to do in order to defend themselves. Um, yeah.
3: Hello. I cannot take your order, new
0: world order. LGBT all over the world. Adam is a pearl, black sea,
3: black, seems sexy ass girl. Skin color pepsy. Don't cook asked seem cocoa, Butter, baby My name is Larry Fane. I'm a member of Sissy Soul and I'm on the LGBTQ fraction. Um sitting here with Kathy Huff.
4: Hello. <laughs> introduction. Yeah. Uh Kathy
3: is also a member of the LGBTQ faction, a member of CC Soul, and the president
4: of board, board president of PFLAG Corpus Christi, and a trans woman, trans rights activist. Um, so we wanted to sit down and just talk to you
3: um, about this uh, most recent event that you uh, really seems like you pulled together yourself. Um, but the the trans rights rally that was held um, December 4th. Um, uh, Could you speak to the event that led up to that, the...
4: um Uh, Well, it actually started with um, the news of the murder of uh, Ali Steinfeld, um, transgender, uh, teen, uh, trans girl, and the the sheer brutality of that particular murder um, really got to me and and got me thinking that you know we really we really need to speak out and let the general public know you know about the violence and the hate that's that's uh, directed towards the trans community uh, especially trans women of color so we, I really started formulating the idea for the rally again. Um, talked to PFLAG Flag about it some, and I came and talked to Corpus Christi Solidarity Network, uh, and we, we, we started kind of working on an idea for it and uh, a prospective date to do it. But it was, uh, it was when the uh, news broke of uh, local trans woman uh, Stephanie Montez was murdered that. Uh, I you know, really thought we really need to get this going, we need to do this. And, um, bring it to everybody's attention and, and call for it. things like that to be included in the hate crime laws in Texas and end the discrimination of um, transgenders when it comes to jobs and things that, that put us in more of a position to, to face violence. Uh, living on the streets or having to do sex work in order to put a roof over your head and food in your stomach uh, so
3: there is like a lot of adversity faced uh, obviously in life as a trans person but in death um, when the news broke of stephanie Montes she was actually dead named
4: yeah she was uh the uh, police report the sheriff's department uh wrote um, stated that it was a man in a dress and referred to her uh, by her her old name or dead name uh, of Juan Montez, which uh, I, I've not, um, I, I was told that she had legally changed it to Stephanie, so there really should have been no no reason for them to even do that. But yeah, um, I first heard about the about her death through uh, other members in the community. Oh yeah, so I went online, tried All to look right. up on local, local news uh, outlets if there was any story about it. Couldn't find that. Uh, contacted Beatrice uh, Alvarado with the Color Times to ask if she knew anything uh, that they had on it. It was about two days later when she sent me a link to a story another reporter had done, dead naming Stephanie it. and misgendering her um, in the story. So I. Got in touch with that reporter and got her to, to at least somewhat correct the story. Um, she's still dead named and misgendered a couple of times in it, but at least, you know, we got it out that it was a trans woman. She, she was Stephanie Montez. Um, after that, I, I got in touch with GLAAD Human Rights Campaign and Equality Texas to uh, get their help on it making sure that Stephanie was uh, was shown the respect she deserved and uh, any further news articles, as well as being added to the list for Transgender Day of Remembrance. Yeah, be-
3: oh, yeah. um, hey. That seemed to become, I guess, the, the catalyst for the rally that
4: I think it, yeah, I think it helped uh, kind of give the rest of the members of our community uh, a little kick to, yeah, because yeah, it did home, it real close to home to them at that point. Right. You know? And, you know, a lot of people in the community knew her. So, yeah, that, that definitely, the, I mean, the rally would have happened anyway. Um, I don't know how it would have been had it not been for that tragedy. um, It it did, I I think it did um, influence it a lot.
0: Yeah, um, I remember you bringing to the group the idea of holding a a trans activist rally um, almost as a response to the National Trans Day of Remembrance. um, and You were so adamant Approach to it saying, like, I don't want this to be like a vigil or, 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 or a, a day of remembrance, I want this to be like a rallying cry and, 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 and yeah. a fight. And um, and it almost seemed like Stephanie's passing was you know, it made it that more pertinent. Um, I was wondering if you could speak on why you want it, you want these sort of events to be possibly like you know, coupled instead of just doing. You know, Vigils and Days of Remembrance, having them coupled with, you know, this positive, uh, the positive aspect of it, the rallying.
4: Um, yeah, I was, like I said, I was approached by um, a pastor at the Unitarian Universalist Church about doing it as a, a memorial. And as, like I told her, you know, the memorials and the vigils are for the community. It's, it's a time for us to, to remember and mourn, you know, those that that have been affected by the violence and lost their lives. Um, but at the same time, you know, the public needs to know what's going on. Um, we need the support of of the general public as well. We talk about it all the time in the within the transgender community. Um, it's, you know, it's it's a subject that unfortunately comes up a lot. Um, but you know, as a very small minority group in the United States. There's only so much we can do on our own. Um, we need our allies to understand what's going on as well. And you know, many, many of the allies of the trans community were, were not aware of the fact that, that you know, we're not protected from discrimination in jobs, housing, or medical care. They didn't know that we're not protected under uh, hate crime laws. You know, they had no idea and you know, they're our allies and the only way to really get that out to them is through something like a rally, uh, especially if we can get the media so, you know, to come out and, and help spread the, the word about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's like any of the other movements. You know? There comes a time when you have to expand your audience. You, know? you can't just keep preaching to the choir, so to speak because, you know, I've been hearing this for years and years and years about the murders and the discrimination and all of that, but until, until everybody else knows about it, there's not going to be a lot changing.
0: Um, I was wondering about, it seemed like there was a pretty good media presence at the rally, a couple of different news organizations, um, one, I want to hear from you, you know, how, how difficult was it to get them to come, come out or did they seem very willing or eager to sort of give more time and more of the spotlight to you know, Stephanie, but also to this idea of like trans activism and, and true equal rights you know, for all people and to, to shed some light on, on that, that injustice.
4: Actually, it wasn't really difficult at all. Um, I I was really surprised, you know, that you know we didn't have to really, you know, bug them to hey, come out and pay attention to us. And, and again, I I think that's a result of the fact had we done this and Stephanie had not been murdered, and it had only been after the murder of of um, Ali Steinfeld, um, I don't think the media would have been as interested. But since it did involve a member of the Corpus Christi community and, you know, it had already been in the paper and the Caller Times had put in their story that we were planning the rally, I think that had a lot to do with actually getting the uh, two TV stations that showed up uh, to come. So, I think mean, it was more of it was it, it, it was a hit home thing for them, too. You know. Surprise.
0: Um, through the rest of the podcast, we're going to be talking about some of the, the work that you know, our group and other groups are doing in the community to advance justice issues for the LGBTQ community, but I was just wondering from you personally what, what changes you'd like to see in Corpus and also in like Greater Texas, the nation, uh, specifically for trans rights or the whole LGBTQ community. Um, just personally, what do you feel like needs to be
4: done and, and, and how we can do it? Uh, well, I think Corpus could, could definitely help a lot by passing a non-discrimination ordinance like San Antonio and some of the other, Austin and Dallas, some of the other large cities have done that they protect the LGBT community from discrimination and housing and jobs and things like that um, that that would go a long ways to helping the community um, it, if we could get jobs if we don't have to worry about uh, getting booted out by our land work because they find okay. out we're trans or gay or lesbian or something like that um, state level it would be nice to see the same thing and be uh, it'd be really nice to um, if we could get them to add of gender identity to the hate crime laws. Sexual orientation's already been added, but um, gender identity's not. Uh, so that I means so anybody could just come up and beat the crap out of me for no other reason than I'm a trans woman, and they would and, and do it out of that kind of hate. And they don't pay any kind of extra penalty for that, like they would if it was they did it to somebody of their religious beliefs or something that is covered under hate crime laws uh, because of the color of their skin but that's covered under hate crime laws so there's an extra penalty to it which you know it's not going to deter a lot of people but you know they still should they still should pay have to pay for you know a hateful act like that i um, you know we're we've got very very good chance of the state Bringing up bathroom bills again in 2018. Um, the um, They've already got the Republicans have 11 non binding um, resolutions that they're putting on the ballot for the Republican primary. And oh. some of them have to do with like they said, with the bathroom bill, protecting the privacy of our women and our children. So it's just they're trying to, they're already working on, you know, furthering their attempt to to discriminate against trans individuals in government buildings and school buildings when it comes to using locker rooms and bathrooms and things like that. Um, So, you know, getting rid of that... um, we, we need to you know, put a stop to that again. We, we were lucky this last time because the, uh, the Republican Majority Leader, Speaker of the House he was at the state level, uh, he was not going to bring that up. I mean, he didn't want it on his hands, you know, if somebody killed themselves over the discrimination, some young child, some teenager um, that was allowed to be bullied and discriminated against the school. And unfortunately, he's resigning he will not be running again. So it's uh, state level, get out and vote. Vote the bigots and the transphobes and the homophobes and the racists and these plain haters out and and get people in that, that think everybody deserves equal rights.
3: As of this recording, only 16 states and Washington, D.C. cover gender identity under their hate and bias crime laws. Texas is not among these 16 states. The National Coalition of Anti Violence Programs reports that 55% of all known LGBT, LGBTQ homicide victims were trans women. Of these, half were trans women of color. The true number of trans murders is unknown, as many individuals are misgendered post mortem in police reports by family members, etc. This affects statistics and so the true number could be exponentially higher. There were 23 known hate-motivated murders of trans people in 2016. The highest number recorded to that date. As of today's date, in 2017, there have been 26 known hate-motivated murders of trans people. Their names are offered here in remembrance. Misha Caldwell, 41. Sean Hake, 23. Jamie Lee Woundedero, 28. JoJo Stryker, 23 Sierra Richmond who also went by Kiki Collier 24 China Dal Dupree 31 Sierra McElveen 26 Aquarius Holland 18 Alfonso Watson 38 Che Reed 28 Kenneth Bostick 59 Cheryl Faulkner 46 Kenny McFadden 27 Kendra Mary Adams 28 Ava Loray Baron seventeen Ebony Morgan twenty eight TT Dangerfield thirty two Guinevere Riversong twenty six Kiwi Herring thirty Kashmir Nazier Red twenty eight Derrick Abanner twenty six Scout Schultz twenty one Allie Steinfeld seventeen Stephanie Montez forty seven Towns, thirty. Brooklyn, Brianna Stevenson, 31. Further information can be found by accessing glad.org and hrc.org. For those interested, um, the LGBT fraction of Corpus Christi Solidarity Network has compiled a list of resources and groups that meet here in the Coastal Bend area. First among these is the Coastal Bend Wellness Foundation, which is a designated safe zone providing wellness services to the LGBT community. Um, These services include primary health care, HIV-AIDS and STI screening, HIV-AIDS specific treatment, counseling, substance abuse treatment, and other services. Many of these services are provided provided, or available on a sliding fee scale. The address for the Coastal Bend Wellness Foundation is 5633 South Staples. There are several groups that meet at the Coastal Bend Wellness Foundation. Um, the Coastal Bend Trans Alliance is a support group for trans and non-gender conforming folks. They meet Tuesday at 6. Why Not, Youth Network Out Together, a support group for LGBT youths aged 13 to 24. They meet every other Saturday from 4 to 6. The P Flag Corpus Christi is our local PFLAG chapter. Um, they meet the second Tuesday of every month at 7. Additionally, the Unitarian Universalist Church is an LGBT-friendly, non-denominational church. Their address is 6901 Holly Road. And, of course, there is the Corpus Christi Solidarity Network. We organize around local LGBT issues, always seeking new members regardless of gender or orientation for various political activist work in the Corpus Christi area. We meet every Sunday at 8, 4407 South Alameda.